you got to shake it up a little bit. You got to. You, you just got to shake it up a little bit. Hi, this is Mike Hayes on Lacrosse Talk. Lacrosse Talk PM, that is. I'm, I'm sure I'll be the first one to uh, step into the wrong time zone, so don't worry about it yourself. Hayes, what time is it? What have I? How long was that nap? No, no, it's uh, it's 5.07 p.m. I'm Mike Hayes, and this is Lacrosse Talk p.m. How the heck are you? On a free-for-all Monday, after a super busy weekend, did you have some fun? Did you pull or plunge? A record amount of money raised? I'm not sure if it's a record low number of plungers, but it's funny that uh, Carrie Glady sent us uh, an email, and I will do my very best get to uh, get in touch with her so that we can speak uh, in more detail later this week about the uh, success of the plunge. It was successful. Uh, unless you count the fact that uh, things had to be canceled on Friday night because because of the weather, it could have been worse. Other polar plunges were canceled altogether because of the weather, and that just would have been uh, horrible for Special Olympics. So congratulations. Got it all pulled off. And congratulations to those of you who participated in the polar plunge without actually getting wet because that's the very first thing the numbers told me. They have raised uh, in uh, excess some something over $90,000 with uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 450 plungers. Uh, so a, uh, that's a high number uh, of money raised. I'm not sure if it's a record, but I think so. I, I think it's a record amount of money raised and a, a low number of, of uh, plungers. And I get it. I totally get it. More and more people have finally figured out what I learned a long time ago, many years ago. I'm not going to plunge. Here's 50 bucks. You plunge. You do it. Here's, here's some money to support your team. I am all about that because they do a lot of really good work for Special Olympics. And it's a, it's a cause I personally like to support. I, and thank you very much if you did. Thank you very much if you were also able to support uh, Special Olympics and the Polar Plunge. The, uh, uh, what else happened? I know I'll leave some stuff out, but I, I uh, enjoyed March Madness, a fundraiser put on by the Beer by Bike Brigade, the always hardworking uh, Mario who puts, uh, puts the, he kind of runs the show for Beer by Bike Brigade and does a, a really, really good job putting together events, uh, and this one, uh, he did such a good job putting this event together, it overwhelmed everybody. Uh, it was completely overwhelming. There were a million people there waiting in line at 11 o'clock for Mac, Mac and Cheese. Some of them had never eaten in their lives and came there specifically to gorge on Mac and Cheese and did so. Uh, they paid their five bucks. They got a table, and then they sent their minion out with with uh, uh, muffin tins to collect the various samples of mac and cheese. The event started at eleven. I got there at about eleven forty, and there were already three vendors out of macaroni and cheese. They'd already had. There were more people standing in line at quarter to eleven than came to the event year and a half. Uh, year before last. They didn't have it last year. Year before last. 
So uh, at, at, it started at 11. By 11.15, they'd already had more uh, people than they had the previous year. And by 11.40, there were people running out, and they had to turn people away. It's unfortunate. They overwhelmed the facility to the point where people were so tired of waiting in line, they started two lines uh, going in opposite directions. Wow, do I highly unrecommend that. If you are ever planning some kind of a food event, a food tasting event, please don't consider sending people in opposite directions to meet in the middle somewhere a good idea. And that was not Mario's idea. I think the people just decided that they were going to start doing that. It was it was a mess. Everybody had a good time, I think, as long as you're uh, okay with elbow to elbow. And uh, Mario assured those people that uh, I heard him speaking to that they would uh, search for a larger venue next year. I also happen to know Mario, if you're listening, or any of Mario's uh, buddies, there was uh, a woman of some import who has control over uh, uh, a room that would be an awesome room for your event next year, and that uh, there was also a conversation about them giving you the room. I don't know whether that means giving it to you for free, but at least giving it to you at a super discount. So uh, unless you heard directly from somebody on Saturday about next year's event, let me know, and I will pass that information along to you. Not a secret, I just don't know if it's, you know, if I should just go public with it, so I'm not going to. <clears throat> I don't want to wreck it for him. But that was a really fun event. And uh, so thank you very much to everybody who participated in the uh, Beer by Bike Brigade macaroni and cheese. i got to tell you, two macaroni and cheeses that really got my attention, well, three of them, uh, but I can't remember where the third one came from. One of them was Dublin Square's. Matt Boschka's uh, uh, entry from Dublin Square was a Philly cheesesteak. No, no, no. His was the Reuben. His was the Reuben mac and cheese. The other chili that I, and I don't know where it came from, was a Philly cheesesteak mac and cheese. And uh, the uh, third one that I really liked came from the waterfront. Uh, theirs was really, really good, too, with uh, smoked pork. And uh, crunchy stuff. It was, you know, and it was really funny, really interesting. And I learned this a long time ago when I entered a soup contest. And I named the soup after a sauce that I used that I got from the cheese corner called Boom Boom Sauce. Chicken Boom Boom Sauce. So the soup I made had Chicken Boom Boom in the title. Everyone assumed that meant really spicy no matter what I said. And I stood next to uh, one of the kids from the waterfront explaining to this couple that those are not peppers. Those right there are not peppers. They are onions. And onions, if you consider onions spicy, then yes, then it's spicy. But they are not peppers. They're onions. And they have, because of the kind of onion they are and the sauce, that they sat in, they're a little bit yellow, which makes them look like banana peppers, which are spicy, and that couple wouldn't have any. And uh, uh, the young man who was trying to explain this to the couple was pulling his hair out, trying to make, uh, the couple would not believe him, like he would look you in the eye and lie and, and, and tell you they're not peppers when they were, in fact, some kind of really hot spicy pepper. They weren't, they were onions. 
and that couple people, that if that was you, then shame on you for asking someone, uh, what is that? When they tell you what it is, you look them in the eye and say, no, it isn't. I, uh, and I reserve what I really think for a private conversation, but people like that make me crazy. Is that spicy? No. Yes, it is. It looks spicy. Uh, why are you even here? You paid $5 to complain to people about the macaroni and cheese as a fundraiser? Uh, does that make you crazy or what? Oh, man, number three, you got to let it ring more than three times, dude. 785-7914, the phone number. It's Lacrosse Talk PM. We'll be right back. Lacrosse Talk PM on 1410 AM, 92.3 FM, online at WIZMnews.com. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm your Monday Lacrosse Talk PM. This hour brought to you by the very hardworking people at Habitat for Humanity. Kaya Fox and her team just do amazing things for this community. And thank you very much, Kaya, for letting us tell your story, because it is an awesome story. Putting people in homes under a roof, safe and secure, so that they can start working on their future in this community. And that just makes things nicer and nicer and nicer, doesn't it? So what's on your mind? I'm always curious to know what's on your mind, what you're thinking about. This morning, so, you know, as always, free for all Monday. Call me, 785-7914 does the trick. We've got uh, uh, Eric's on the line. I'm going to get to him in just a second. We've got two open lines, 785-7914 does the trick, the Better Hearing Center talk, and text line. I'd love to know what you're thinking. We have had a real interesting conversation this morning and a little bit on Friday about energy and some of the efforts that are being done uh, around the country to... Uh, uh, end end our dependence on foreign oil. Oh, wait, we did that. And now there are some uh, who have been elected who intend to end our use of oil. And I just wondered whether or not it bothers any of you uh, that uh, there are people who are prepared to take this country backwards for the sake of, I'll just say generally speaking, the planet, for wildlife. We, uh, I hear that we can't afford cars or, or trains or boats or any kind of the transportation that uses fossil fuel, period. Got to stop. No more cars, no more gas-powered anythings, no more airplanes, no more boats, no more stuff that uses fossil fuel. It's got to stop right away, ASAP. What is it that's going to replace that fossil fuel, that doesn't matter. If we don't do this, so so right away, if you don't have a replacement, then uh, then, I, then your argument, in my opinion, is moot. I, I don't want to talk with somebody who just wants to stop something uh, without having some kind of alternative. What's next? <clears throat> because we can't just tell everybody, starting tomorrow, you have to walk or bike. or you Well, nobody would be able to bike around here. <laughs> we, we know how people feel about bicycle riders in the lacrosse area, so, so I don't know how you'd get around. And I wondered whether or not uh, uh, an X-Prize kind of a contest sponsored by the government to make alternative energy more affordable, something, because our, our, the, 
people that are leaning heavily toward electric vehicles don't understand, I don't think, that when you get home from driving around your electric vehicle, your no-carbon footprint electric vehicle, what do you do with that vehicle? You pull it into the garage and you plug it in. And where does that plug go? If you follow that cable, where does it lead? Think about that. And if that source of electricity generation is no longer available, you're going to have to plug it in and hope that the, I don't know, the solar panels on your roof, your home made of solar panels, will be sufficient to charge your car back up? Have you considered the carbon footprint that is uh, made to make the vehicles filled with batteries, to recharge that vehicle filled with batteries? And that's why the, some of the hybrid vehicles that are both gas and electric still aren't enough to replace gas vehicles. I'm all about Save the Planet, believe me. But please talk to me about an alternative to what we have now. And if there was, and you also notice, or I hope, maybe you know, if you look into both sides, then you know that one of the world's largest researchers into alternative energy is ExxonMobil. Yeah, you know, the evil oil company. That isn't an evil oil company. If you own stock in ExxonMobil, then you're kind of liking them. And, and they understand, you know, if you believe the people who tell you that, uh, that our fossil fuel supply will run out, and then what? ExxonMobil hears those words, too. And believe me, they know it more than you do. They are working on those alternatives because they have to live on this planet as well. It, it kills me to believe that, that some people believe that uh, those who produce fossil energy don't care, that they just, period, don't care. They want to make money, make money, make money, and I don't care if my grandchildren choke to death. doesn't matter to me. I just want to make money and, the heck, and, and boil the planet alive. I don't believe that for a minute. Uh, are there some people who think that? Sure. But not the responsible ones, not the ones that uh, are CEO of a company that they want to be around for a very long time, like ExxonMobil, the makers of fuel for your vehicle made out of seaweed or sugar cane or who knows what else, droppings from uh, Wisconsin. How, would it, how cool would it be that if in a few decades Wisconsin is the uh, center of the fuel universe because energy is now being made efficiently and copiously by animal uh, waste. And so suddenly Wisconsin, up to its elbows in farting cows and manure, uh, is producing more uh, fuel for vehicles than the Dakotas. Because somebody figured out how to do it efficiently, and now we have energy coming from those dairy farms, energy, milk, food, and energy. There's re that, that now you're really using the whole cow. And isn't, isn't that a possibility? Would there be more progress on alternative energy if there was some kind of an X prize kind of thing so that Elon Musk could invent a space vehicle, build it, 
fly it into space, deliver a payload to the space center, then detach, then fly back to Earth and successfully land on a, on a landing platform out in the middle of the ocean, which he just did over this past weekend. That's for space travel. And a giant prize that doesn't go with that particular activity, but prizes go to those who can produce. Where's the prize for energy production? Something. Shouldn't there be? I'm real curious. 785-7914, the phone number. That's what we were talking about this morning. And uh, uh, Mark III was in there uh, wondering where the tax revenue uh, would be made up if we no longer have gasoline taxes. Well, we'd have electric taxes. Mark, whatever, whatever fuel, whatever energy source is powering, powering our transportation, there would be a tax on whatever that is. Whether it's solar or wind or whatever, there would be a way for the government to get a piece of your transportation budget. And JP, you're, you're right, that's why I mentioned it. He, meant it. he wondered how many people really know of the size of the carbon footprint left behind by an electric vehicle. And it's running life, like solar panels. You love to have them on your roof. Do you know how, what they, the, the, the kind of emissions uh, that were uh, put into the atmosphere to make those panels? And what happens with them when they, because they don't last forever. You don't just put them on your roof and then never have to replace them ever. And what do you do with them? Because you can't just take them off the roof and put them in the garbage for harder to take away. That's not, that's not the way it works. Let's head to the phones. Eric, good afternoon. You're on the Crosstalk PM. What's on your mind? Yeah, thanks for the uh, Almond Brothers' uh, Safe Pool of Blues. That's a big all-time favorite song. There you go. I played it just for number you. Two, number two now is a Scott Robertson's comment. Uh, Eight-cent gas tax is a good thing for people in Wisconsin. And I tell you what, it's all, it's all good for people in Wisconsin, except for people who are living on fixed incomes. But he doesn't care. He's a liberal. And number uh, three... Uh, Geez, I forgot what to say on But it was it was it was, was important. Well, we'll God be here all week. God bless you. Hey, thanks very much for calling. I appreciate that. And and you know what? I I am sorry to tell you, but uh, I think uh, if there's going to be a gas tax, if there's going to be a tax of some sort, which it looks like there is, because uh, you know, regardless, you can argue about do it with the money you have, blah blah blah, and that's a fine argument. No one. Here's that argument in Madison. You aren't going to go to Madison and get any traction with the argument, use the money you have, said everybody in Wisconsin, every taxpayer said, use the money you have, and every politician answered, what? Pardon me? Were you talking to me? Oh, you weren't? Oh, good. Lacrosse Talk PM. News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM, online at WIZMnews.com. I'm Mike Hayes, your Monday afternoon host of Lacrosse Talk PM. Glad to be here. Would love to hear from you. 785-7914 does the trick. A little more from the Almond Brothers Band, because I thought it would be uh, good, to, especially for those of you who are thinking you need to ramble out of here someplace warmer, because this is crazy. Uh, that might help you warm up just a little bit. Uh, Tom P. sent me uh, a text, and I don't fully understand it, Tom. It's, it reads, is the line of property versus the minimum wage and those on a fixed income? Tom, 
So I, I'm not sure what that means or what it's in reference to. Maybe it's in reference to the gas tax that Scott Robert Shaw was talking about that the governor is considering. And uh, what's he, right now, the, the number I hear is eight cents, uh, eight cents a gallon. And and uh, we had a caller on talking about the gas tax and how horrible it is because uh, it impacts people on a fixed income. And uh, you mentioned those two words as well, Tom, fixed income. I uh, here's the thing that that bothers me about those two words and those people uh, that that are on a fixed income. Those people who worked really hard all their lives and retired, and they're in their house, and you hear from them occasionally when they say, "You are taxing me out of my home. I'm on a fixed income, and I am no longer able to survive on this fixed income." And I hope, like every other person listening right now, hopes that you are never in a position to not be able to afford to be alive. I, I hope I am never thinking to myself, I can't afford to live, to be alive. That's how poor I am right now. I don't think the world can accommodate whoever, uh, whichever group of people on a fixed income is the poorest. Because tomorrow things are going to be a little bit more expensive, and the day after that a little bit more expensive, and the day after that and the day after that, and there is going to be a different group of people on a fixed income that are being in. Of course it's not going to bother whoever you consider to be rich. And I suppose that's people that still have a job. If you're on a fixed income and you can't afford it, then then you're angry with anybody who has a job and you consider them to be rich. I, I don't know. I am certainly not advocating for taxes by any means because I will be impacted by them as well. Hopefully not out of my home, but, uh, but is that where should the government consider what is the impact of what we're suggesting on the poorest uh, car owner uh, in our community, because if it's going to have a bad impact on them, we can't do it. Is is I I'm, I need some clarification. So let's go to the phones and see if we're uh, we're finding that. Hey, number three, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? I'm on a fixed income. Are you? Okay. Yeah. I want my wife to go find a job, but she said she worked when she was young. Yeah. Anyway, I was wondering if you'd do me a favor, Mike. You got a lot of friends and know a lot of people. I can certainly uh, try. What do you need? Well, there was a Tribune had an ad, or not an ad, an article about only two deaths from overdose of drugs. Oh yeah. In 2018. Uh huh. And about eight in 2017. Right. Yeah, I read that. And about 18 in 2016. I was wondering if you could find out how many times they had to use Narcan. Oh, I'm I'm sure those numbers are someplace. The police. I don't, oh, that's what I was wondering. I yeah. mean, I, I like to see the deaths going down. Yeah. You know, but the way it reads in the paper that all these uh, systems are working, what we're trying to get people to do, you know, to get off drugs. But, but in other words, if they use all kinds of Narcon and save people, which is good, if it would have been for that, I wonder what our death toll would have been from drugs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you see where I'm coming from? I, absolutely. But uh, they also didn't talk about the numbers of recidivism 
uh, going up. So those people who were saved by Narcan did not uh, go back to their old ways uh, and uh, and end up dying. Well, I was I was out of town the other day, talking to some fellas, <clears throat> not around here, quite a ways away. They've had what they call repeat business. Not just one time, a couple times with the same people. And so, what do they do? They they sell drugs for a living. They're they they're uh, they they. Oh, uh, the people. They, 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 well, they're using drugs, and they come along with a Narcan, knock them out of it. I mean, bring them back to life, and turn around and do the same thing over again. Yeah. Well, there's definitely. I seen it on television one sure. night down in Texas. There's there is certainly some of those who you bring yeah. back to life. So I was just wondering if you can find out. How many times the county had to use I, I I will see if I can find that information out. You bet, number three. I will uh, I will write that down. Nar can use. I will look into that because I, I I don't know. Is it police and and uh, are police allowed to use it? Only, or, or, you know, a hospital, or uh, ambulance, uh, those guys, I, I'm not sure all. I, I think police have the ability to use it, everybody. So, so I don't know. I'll have to check. Up. I'm sure it's a bunch of numbers. But I will do my darndest to find that information out. Number three, thanks very much for your call. 785-7914, the phone number. It's about uh, 545, quarter to six. What's on your mind on a free-for-all Monday afternoon? Uh, caller, good afternoon. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Yeah, Mike, it's Tom. Hey, Tom. I may have spelled the word wrong. It's the poverty line versus the fixed income and the minimum wage because the the current minimum wage doesn't come close to the poverty line. Those who live on a fixed income have it a little bit better, but it's even two of them living together doesn't, in my case anyway, match the poverty line. If we get married, we actually lose money. Yeah, sure. And from so, our fixed income. Right. Right. Oh, that's I, my dilemma, you know. Sure, oh, absolutely. Well, I, the, the the argument that that I I'm not sure the the government uh, pays an, uh, an, or maybe too much attention to is that uh, as soon as someone says, "Hey, wait a minute, this is going to negatively impact people on a fixed income." and isn't going to impact rich people, quote-unquote, enough. So we have to figure out a way to fix roads by only charging rich people and no one on a fixed income. You know, Eric earlier said you can't well, raise the gas tax because that will, that will impact fixed people on a fixed income. Every but, tax, Mike, I drive a mile a day. Yeah. A rich person may drive 100 miles a day. Right. Is he paying his... Fair share. Well, in comparison I, to you, I can drive 100 miles a day, but the pocketbook prohibits it. Right, right, and it doesn't for him, so he drives 100 miles and pays the tax. Thank you very much. So you get to drive on a road that's uh, been fixed a little bit by your gas money, but more by his gas money. You're okay with that. So is he. It's just like insurance should be taxed. By, or levied by the mile as well. And I understand that right. uh, they're trying to do that. Yeah, well, they'd have to put uh, machines on your car because you... No, know you just, when you pay the bill, the attendant, the, the agent comes out 
and uh, reads your yeah, it reads your odometer. Yep. Yeah. And it would have to be, yeah yeah a tamper free odometer and and uh, and I'm sure they can be uh, manufactured and installed by automakers uh, so that uh, people nationwide aren't figuring out a way to mess with the odometer like they did when I was a kid. I know that. Oh, well, you just yeah. put a reverse right. drill well, on it. Right, right, and so so right away. <laughs> People are going to be lying about the number of miles that that they uh, drive, so they don't have to pay as much tax. Well, That's yeah, but the incident, the odds of that happening, you know. Yeah, well, well yeah, yeah I, I I don't disagree with you, Tom, but uh, it will <laughs> Especially happen. Especially with today's cars, because they all have digital odometers. Yeah, well, That's that could be that could be the case point. as well. So something, yeah. So, uh, well, I appreciate your thoughts. Thanks very much. It, you know, it's the, the those people that are impacted. Uh, uh, fixed income people and minimum wage, the, who you are as a fixed income and what you should get, what you have a right to, what you deserve. People uh, that make a big deal out of minimum wage and I can't raise my family on minimum wage, right away I'm done listening to you because minimum wage was not, you were supposed to be done with minimum wage right out of high school because that's, that's where you got minimum wage your first job, maybe your second job, maybe your third job was minimum wage, money an hour to work, to learn what it meant to get dressed, put on shoes, go to a place at a certain time, accomplish some tasks, hate your boss, do what he says anyway, even though he's stupid and you know how to run the company way better than him or her, you do the job anyway, try not to get fired, and go from there, right? Isn't that the – but then suddenly I can't raise a family on minimum wage, and we're changing minimum wage so that a high school student uh, is, is what? Just SOL. There are no more high school jobs, or there will be very few of them, because, because your uncle's working that job now. And somebody's got to get fired, so it's probably going to be the person that has the least number of children – uh, so that, uh, you know, we're not putting five people out on the sidewalk. It's, uh, you know, that, it, that's tough. And you can't figure out how to only impact, only make rich people pay. Because now you draw a line in the sand, and, and that's fine, and there is that rush to get under the line. And you know as well as I do that you can't tax your way into prosperity. It won't happen. It can't happen. It's never happened. You, you tax your way into levelness like the, all these uh, Norwegian uh, countries that everybody wants us to be like. Let's do it like Norway. And they get free this and free that. But they don't, it's not free. They also pay a gigantic income tax. And then they get it back in the form of services. And if, if that would work in, maybe in a state, in one state, but not in the United States, because everyone would have to be under one government. Is that what you'd like? Would you like the same rules for you in Wisconsin as there are, or, or maybe vice versa, the same rules for you in Wisconsin as they have in California? Because they have more voters, so the state with the most votes gets to be the state in charge of all the rules. Now we have to live like those nutballs in California. You want to live like that, or would you rather just kind of find your way around through it in, in Wisconsin? That's, that's kind of what I thought, too. Let's get back to the phone. Scott, good afternoon. You're on the Crosstalk PM. Yeah, I was just talking 
calling in about Scott Robert Shaw. I wonder if he remembers when uh, Scott Walker first came in that they had just gotten done taking all the excess money that they had in the transportation fund and stole from it so that they could support the general fund because of all their policies that they ran out of money. I wonder if anybody remembers that when that happened. And I was also in the service industry when you had this whole minimum wage idea, when you're trying to hire uh, young people that it's their first job or maybe their fourth job because they only hang on to a job for two months because they didn't want to show up for work. So you, you start training a person for two weeks paying them $15 an hour, when they finally get to a point where they're able to actually produce without having to have extra staff on, then they go and not show up and quit. They can go on to the next job and get paid $15 an hour. So there's something to be said about the small businesses that are going to be affected by this minimum wage. And by the way, I suppose with the gasoline tax, I guess we should buy all our stuff over the Internet so we don't have to get in our car so we don't have to drive and support our local merchants either. Right. You bring up all excellent points, and I don't know a way around any of that yet. Do you? Yeah. yeah. No, I just huh. think that uh, they don't have much uh, solutions to all the problems that they're going to cause, and I would agree with you. We're heading for the East Coast, California. And, oh, I know the other thing. You pay, then the people are making too much money, making $15 an hour, and pretty soon, they only want to work 15, 20 hours a week because they don't want to fall off to all the government assistance. Sure. So there we go again. Right. right? So You're then you at... can train even more people that might not show up for work because they're not, uh, they just feel like they'd rather have the day off. You're absolutely so. right. Yeah, they're gaming the system. You are absolutely right. Hey, thank you very much for your call. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, people will learn to live on $15 an hour until they don't want to anymore. Or like a lot of people that you knew when you were growing up that thought of unemployment as a great little 26-week vacation. I heard that. I haven't heard that in many, many years because I'm old. But I remember hearing that from people. You're looking for, yeah, you got laid off or you got fired. Yeah, yeah, I got unemployment. I'm on unemployment. Are you looking for a job? No, not right away. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. And then I'll then I'll look, you know, before before uh, fall, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to get back to work here before the fall. Vacation. Why? Because the government's going to give me a bunch of free stuff, and then I learn that after my 26 weeks, I can cry to the right person and get an extension. Work. Work schmirk. I love this. Lacrosse Talk PM. News Talk 1410 AM, 92.3 FM, online at com. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm your Monday PM guy. By the way, this program is our of Lacrosse Talk PM brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Just an awesome organization. Help them out. Get on their list. At the very least, the next time you've got a project, consider buying the pieces of that project from the ReStore. It is really a neat place. I have to address this. I, I don't know. If, well, maybe we can talk about it tomorrow in the morning or next Monday, depending on... Because I'm sure that this person, Al... Anonymous listener sent me a text earlier, and I haven't really had a chance to uh, to uh, reflect on it until now, and then the program's going to be over here in a minute. But uh, Al says, by the time oil companies and natural gas producers are forced by the free market to innovate with clean energy, more serious damage to the planet's atmosphere and climate will already have been done. And I get what you're thinking, Al, but 
you seem to be thinking that oil companies and natural gas companies are not innovating right now at all, that they're not working on it, they're not trying to be innovative, and that would be further, that, that, that is the furthest thing from the truth I can imagine. I, I know that in the United States, ExxonMobil is the largest researcher into alternative energy, the oil company. I know that a million electric cars are going to be built and sold in China next year. A million cars, electric cars, because they're gearing up for it. That's innovation, and here it comes. Hey, we'll